Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept... In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck and its creator who aptly uses a bird-themed app to shatter minds with bird-related tweets. After today, we will be changed forever because Ange will be telling us all about the online shenanigans of Tad Stones. What a beautiful introduction. Bravo. Thank you very much. Were you reading that with your little flashlight under your blanket? It's a full-blown lamp. Thank you very much. <laughs> and yes, I was. <laughs> All right, Kitty, I have a question for you. I, I maybe possibly have an answer. All right. If a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, is it canon? Mm, I'm going to say yes. No. I'm going to say I'm indecisive. What kind of tree is it? Is it pine? Is it spruce? Is it Douglas fir? It's a... Uh, oh, I'm just going to say it's a Tad Stones. <laughs> okay, if a Tad Stones falls in the woods, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say it depends. Because yeah. I do not have much knowledge of what Tad is talking about on his Twitter. But the stuff... I do strongly disagree with some of the stuff you have told me in previous conversations. So... That is a loaded answer because I'm going to get a hard maybe. The reason I asked this question, which I personally thought was so witty, but it's really not, is the idea of if a creator or an industry person posts on social media about a show and they talk about a concept that perhaps did not appear and it wasn't mentioned in the show, but the creator talks about it as if it's canon. Is it canon if the creator says so, or does it have to appear and happen in the actual show for it to be canon? You know what? I have a new answer. The answer is no, because solely based on a completely different fandom that I am in, which is Good Omens, and Neil Gaiman likes to throw scraps of things and if he says something, but he's like, but you know, this isn't really canon. Even people are like, oh my god, he's he's one of the authors. Of course it's canon. It's like, you know what? It's not, though. Unless it's in the show. Unless it is in the actual show that you are watching, the complete finished product, I'd say that it is supplemental, and it's up to you. It's up to you and what's in your heart if it is law. That's a very good answer, I must say. Thank you. I also wanted to point out... The concept of how social media has changed the way in which fans interact with industry people. Because back in the 90s, if you wanted to reach somebody like Tad Stones, you had to write a letter to, I don't know, Disney and hope... Yeah, like a random P.O. box. Yeah, and hope they get it. And the odds of them answering was very rare. And now you can basically just tag him in a tweet and be like, Hey, Tad... What is the type of underwear brand that Darkwing Duck wears? And then he can respond and be like, well, you know, I'd rather not say because we're not really into continuity here. Well, you know, I would have to say that Herb Muddlefoot probably wears Fruit of the Loom. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with that. So on that topic, have you ever written a fan letter? I don't think I have. Because when I was much younger, at least when Darkwing Duck was even still a thing, I didn't even know how to read and write yet. Okay. Have you? I have. I wrote a fan letter to Brack from Cartoon <gasps> Planet. 
asking him because it was a heated, you know, I was probably like maybe nine or 10, like old enough to know better. And there was a heated argument between me and my older sister about whose boyfriend he was. <laughs> so I wrote him a letter saying, I just need you to tell my sister that you're my boyfriend. <laughs> I got a postcard back, but it was just basically like a thank you for your letter. And it had like, you know, somebody scribbled their names on all of it. But to this day, I wonder who got that letter from a nine-year-old girl being like, um, can you be my boyfriend? <laughs> Some really so uh, sad, like, executive, just like. <laughs> it's like, well, we need to send her something back because we don't know what she's going to do. We don't want, like, the divorce papers to come here. <laughs> this kid is going to hire an attorney. I still have that postcard, too. It's the only proof of my uh, first marriage. Are you divorced now? Oh, yeah, it didn't work out. It was for the best. Yeah, he got too big for his britches once he got his own show. <laughs> and you brought up a good point when you said that fans tend to cling to anything that creators say, especially if it's something that supports either a headcanon or a ship or anything, basically. Mm -hmm. For Tad in particular, he's probably the one creator that at least I've encountered who is so anti-continuity and he says it over and over and over again and yet I'm sure he gets questions all the time from fans about really minor stuff. He's a good sport about it and you will see that when I share some of these tweets. Yeah especially after a, you know like it's a show that's been off the air for 30 years and he's still engaging with the community is pretty cool. I think what people need to remember is that Tad Stones, for those of you who are not aware, is considered the creator of Darkwing Duck. He's sometimes referred to as Darkwing's dad, but he doesn't legally own Darkwing. Darkwing belongs to Disney. Tad was just working for Disney and he was asked by Disney. I think it was actually when I was researching, I think it might have been Jeffrey Katzenberg actually who ordered the episodes and asked Tad to come up with an idea for the series. He's not the only person behind Darkwing Duck, and he can't claim to own Darkwing, but for most purposes, he is considered the ultimate source. And basically, for the Darkwing Duck world, he is their word of God. He is the ultimate power. He is the master of the universe, the Darkwing universe. He is. So I'll tell you a little bit about his background. Yeah, so as I said, uh, he is the creator of Darkwing Duck. But before that, he did some other Disney stuff too. He was a producer for the Rescue Rangers, and he did write for that show as well. He was a producer, writer, and director on several movies before and after Darkwing, such as the Atlantis sequel. And I didn't know this, but mm. he actually directed and wrote Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar. Oh, no. He had to be there when Gilbert Godfrey was singing. <laughs> He's probably the one that came up with the idea. Oh my god, Tad. He also did Aladdin and the King of Thieves. He was the executive producer on the Hercules animated series. He was a director on the Buzz Lightyear Star Command cartoon. And then after Disney, he was a supervising producer, director, and writer on those Hellboy animated movies, which were Sword of Storms and Blood and Iron. Hmm. He also worked on DuckTales. Which one? The old school one. Oh, that's true. I think he created Gizmo yeah, Duck. 
He did. He created, see, that's why I know. He created Gizmodoc. I'm pretty sure he created Doofus and Bubba. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him for those. I know, right? Like, <laughs> one out of three ain't bad. <laughs> we got Gizmodoc out of it, so I'll take it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very wrong about most things, but I am pretty sure I'm right at least about the Bubba thing. I think he came in during that last, you know, stretch of episodes and created those characters, I guess. to I don't really know. I don't know the story of DuckTales and, and what happened with it, but it seemed like they were trying to make it more... Uh, people are going to hate me, more fun. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Because DuckTales, I feel like, especially the original, there are really dry episodes. It's far more serious. It's more... Like, not all of the episodes, but a lot of it, I think there are 100 episodes or 99 episodes plus the movie, but it's certain episodes of that show, like, are really, really good, and some of them are just watching paint dry for me. Oh my so, God. Wow, that's a show that You're I so right. Cover. I know some people will disagree because I don't know if they've actually watched the show in a long time or if they're just remembering it from childhood fondly. But I have rewatched the show. And like you said, there's some episodes that are really good. And in my opinion, it's the Gizmo Duck episodes. Anything mm. where Fenton Crackshell appears, any of those stories, I found them really funny and interesting. And there's some other iconic episodes that are really great, like the masked mallard one. Uh, mm -hmm. The one with Launchpad. Mm -hmm. What is it? Where, where is that? The That's Double O Duck. Yes, with Launchpad and Feathers Galore. Yes. Feathers Galore. Mm -hmm. If I am correct, I'm pretty sure that's all the Tad stretch of DuckTales. Because huh. that's all like the late season. Not going to lie. I absolutely love the DuckTales movie. I think it's a great movie. I don't know if he was involved in that. With DuckTales, well, we're just talking about DuckTales now, but with DuckTales 2017, I, you know this, Ange, like, I just completely fixated on Gladstone Gander, like, <laughs> super hardcore, and he's in one episode of the original DuckTales cartoon, and I was like, well, surely this will be incredible, <laughs> and I was like, um, I mean, it's fine. It's it's Rob Paulson as Gladstone, so I love me some Paul F. Tompkins, but it was good. It was fine. It was a Magicka episode. Those are generally pretty good, but for me, for my money, episodes of DuckTales and Darkwing is more my speed. Mm -hmm. I like to have that, that kind of zany humor. I feel like That's Darkwing aged a bit better, too. Like, it's not perfect. We've already pointed out in previous episodes that there is some quote-unquote problematic content and frankly straight up racist stuff occasionally as was seemed to be the trend for 90s cartoons but comparative to pretty much any other cartoon from that time and DuckTales 1987 I feel like Darkwing aged better because I can't get over whenever I watch DuckTales the background music do you remember it's like this really 80s piano music that makes me think of being in like a Sears do you know what I'm talking about <laughs> no I honestly I don't I don't I, I remember the backgrounds in DuckTales being really gorgeous but I don't remember the music in DuckTales I remember the theme song because anybody who's ever heard it has had that song stuck in their head it wasn't a banger like jazzy bush roots <laughs> <laughs> it had a very fluffy feel to it too Darkwing was this 
gross, nasty city with all these weird villains and everybody was violent and there was slapstick humor, which for some reason wasn't super common in Disney cartoons in general. And it felt almost more like a Warner Brothers show in a lot of ways, Um, you know, anvils and all that stuff. So you didn't have anvils and ducktails. No, no, you wouldn't have a receptionist dropping an anvil on somebody in ducktails. I would be remiss to say that without ducktails, though, I don't know that I would have enjoyed Darkwing so much because I loved me some Launchpad. I loved Launchpad and DuckTales because I guess he was really the comic relief character. There was really no other character in the main cast that was, you know, goofy. Everybody, you know, there was the kids and they were doing like typical kids things. But I, I loved him. I thought he was great. I feel like in Darkwing, he's also good, but I feel like there's a stronger cast of silly characters to fixate on more. And it's also a different dynamic because it's the rogues gallery of Darkwing Duck is so much fun. It's almost as if and, they're not in the same universe or something. Oh, see, segue, segue. Okay, yes, let's go back to the topic of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Okay, I wanted to talk about one last Tad Stones fact, because I thought it was funny. The earliest piece of work that I found for Tad that I was not expecting, it was a 1979 short 12-minute film by Disney called Understanding Alcohol Use and Abuse. And it was written and produced by Tad Stones, and it is one of those really old-school 70s educational movies about the dangers of alcohol and it's the very first thing listed in his imdb as like the first thing he ever did and i found it on youtube (laughs) so i'm gonna have to post a link to it on the show notes because it was funny well not funny in the sense that it was about the dangers of alcohol and how it will kill you and ruin your life but funny in the sense that it has that really kind of cheesy old school educational feel to it and then just at the very end it's written and produced by tad stones let's get to some of these tweets because they are fun 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 on a bun and it's not just the tweets themselves it's the reactions to the tweets and how people in general (laughs) react and handle this stuff so the one piece of context you have to know is that tad stones grew up on the silver age comics which I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about comic books, I'll be honest, but my understanding is that the Silver Age comics were kind of quirky and didn't have much continuity and they were just really silly. And so that's what he injected into Darkwing and that's why anything could happen and it didn't have to make sense. And Darkwing could have like six different origin stories and Negaduck just suddenly appears one day and there's no explanation other than there's a universe called the Negaverse, but no explanation about why. Stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. in his opinion, there doesn't need to be an explanation. That's just the fun of the show. So keep that in mind because that comes up repeatedly with a lot of this stuff. Fans, I'm sure, being like, but tell me about continuity. And he's like, I don't know her. (laughs) There's, I think it's a TV tropes called Shrug of God. And it's just (laughs) when people ask the creator questions and the creator just shrugs and is like, I don't know. And I think it should just be a photo of Tad (laughs) shrugging as the picture for that page. Let's make it happen. All right. I'm going to go with the first tweet because I like this one. I found this one very funny. This is the infamous Bushroot body count. 
Tweed. Do you know about this one, Kitty? I do, but I, I did not read it. I think you told me about it. So let's hear it straight from the man himself. There's actually a couple tweets where he talks about it, but I'll start with the one that I've seen passed around the most. So the context is that a fan posted a piece of fan art of Bushroot, and this was on October 19th, 2018. And in the comment with the picture, they said something like, I can't believe this guy has killed more people in the show than Negaduck has, though. And then Tad Stones responded and said, well done. Yes, Bushroot probably has the highest body count, dot, dot, dot. But they all deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And it's the tone of the writing is like so jolly and happy, but they all deserved it. I'm just like, he's going to shuffle off to Buffalo after da 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 Tad Stone pulls up his PowerPoint slideshow of all the people that Bushroot has killed and, like, the reasons why it's okay is, like, tax evasion or <laughs> criticizing a 90s television show that he worked on where next Angie Bushroot's going to show up at our door and turn the lawn on us. I think it was also in reference to Dr. Gary and Dr. Larson, who I assume, like, people argue over this of whether or not they actually died in the episode because it's not super clear but Mm -hmm. they do appear in the more recent comic books but you can argue back and forth forever about whether comic books written many many years later would be canon to the cartoon and have any effect on that Mm. so another bushroot body count tweet Tad had posted a very lovely drawing he did of Negaduck looking incredibly feral sitting atop a building and he said something blew in with the storm and then a fan commented and said, did the team have to tone this guy down for the show back in the day and by how much? And then Tad responded, no, I just draw him meter now, although I think Bushroot actually murdered more people than Negaduck. (laughs) it's just like the matter of fact way that he says it but if you want the real public enemy number one so check out bush and it's i wonder like in the body count is it including all the friends that bush tried to make for himself i don't know that's maybe you'll just have to tag tad stones on twitter and find out i will or I could keep my own tally. So we have Hedgie and we have the Lawn Lady. So that's two in the episodes that we've watched already. Okay. One more Bushroot body count Twitter post. Okay. So it's so funny how this stuff pops up. So of all people, Lindsay Ellis, who is a YouTuber, posted on March 25th, 2019, Wake the F up. If you don't think Darkwing Duck doesn't kill people, you're living in a dream world. And I think that was based on a meme that was going around at the time based on Batman. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody tagged Tad Stones and said, does he? <laughs> Tad Stones responded, Bushroot has the highest body count. Darkwing? <laughs> no. That's why he uses a gas gun. Dark Warrior Duck? I'm sure there's some assault and battery warrants out on him. Negaduck? You're going down. (laughs) And then I commented to this, apparently. I don't remember doing this. This was in 2019. And I asked Tad, 
Is this justified murder or does sweet, timid Reginald Bushroot have a bloodlust? And Tad, much like a lawyer, dodged this question by saying, Can charges be brought against a plant? His lawyers have told him not to comment. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think about the fact that Bushroot has killed more people than Negaduck? I have to to counter that. Is that just the show-verse? Because we don't know what Negaduck did in the Negaverse before he came to the showverse. I do kind of like, though, that Negaduck is just all bluster. Like, that seems very in character, too. I wouldn't put it past him to kill somebody. But he he does do a lot of threatening. And if you kill everybody, then you can't threaten people. Like, you can't threaten them if they're already dead. I don't know. Bushroot seems to type. Bushroot just seems so oblivious to anything other than his own ends like his own goals that he just kind of goes off the rails and you know he would absolutely make jurassic park without thinking through the consequences (laughs) although i do feel like i could take bushroot i feel like i could take bushroot to fight so just set him on fire gosh i mean shoot him with raid or not raid what does they get a plant one i don't know plants or you know what just give them to me and I'll kill him in a month. I just will forget if he exists. I won't water him. I won't make sure he gets the right sunlight. And there we go. Public enemy number one of St. Canard is dead. <laughs> and you now have the highest body count. I inherit it from him after he dies. That's how body counts work. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next tweet. This one is interesting too. And I'll share my opinion on it after. And I'd like to hear yours too. This is... okay. The Fearsome Five with a Different Leader. So Tad posted September 7th, 2019, and he posted a picture of the Fearsome Five that he drew with caption, bad guys on the run. (laughs) I don't know why I find this so funny. Someone responded and said, where's ammonia pine? (laughs) I don't know know why I find that so funny. I guess it's because ammonia. I like ammonia. She's a funny character, but she's not very popular. So of all the characters for somebody to ask after in like a picture of the fearsome five. (laughs) It's like showing a picture of the Sinister Six from Spider-Man and being like, "Uh, but where's uh, Craven the Hunter? (laughs) So Tad responded. He said, she was my creation, but not super fun to draw. But if I was creating the Fearsome Five today, I'd add Splatter Phoenix and have them exist without Negaduck. The group dynamics would be better. And I kind of see, the thing is, is that I don't know if Tad is talking about Splatter Phoenix as she appeared in the show, or maybe he has his own version that's different from the show that like we didn't get to see. Because from what we saw on the show, I don't think she would have the patience to deal with those four. But does Negaduck? That's the thing. To me, the whole gag with the Fearsome Five is that he's a terrible leader and they don't get anything done because of him, because he, Mm -hmm. you can't trust him. He's going to betray them and there's no loyalty or anything and he has no patience for them. But I kind of like the fact that it's a team where the other four really get along. Like there's, you know, plants need water, toys need batteries. There's this kinship between them and it's a fun dynamic and Negaduck is the odd one out and I find that really hilarious he's just like has to put up with these four man children and he hates them with Splatter Mm -hmm. Phoenix I feel like it's almost similar but in the sense that she's not a jerk I just feel like 
her character on the whole, she doesn't seem like the type that would put up with fussy men and, you know, these characters that, from what I saw of her MO in the cartoon, she was just interested in art and stealing art and changing the art world into her, I guess, version of what she thinks art is. So I don't know how, why she would want to be in charge of the Fearsome Five and what she would want to do. I think it's an interesting dynamic. I honestly don't even know the last time I watched a Splatter episode, but I remember her being very independent. I don't know that she would pal around with these guys. But also, to counter myself, in a way, the four are artists. Like, Megavolt has his eccentric, you know, tendencies, which most artists do, where he will basically make a shrine to all the things that he's rescued. Quackerjack literally is a craftsman that makes toys. Liquidator, apart from his aquatic transforming skills and all that, but he was like a top-notch salesman, like he had the gift of the gab. And Bushru can make pretty much anything, like, so I I could see her, and, and kill, like, you know, obviously he's the heavy, but I could see her being like, well, this is my eccentric art friends, and we all... You know, like if you're friends with a photographer in art school, it's like these are my this is my crew and we round each other out and we're going to drop the baddest indie film of 2021. It's nobody's going to understand it. It's going to be so edgy. I'm curious to hear what other people have to say about this. If you are out there listening to this podcast, you should totally write to us your thoughts on whether you think Splatter would be a better leader or a fun leader or whatever. For the Fearsome Five, maybe we should make a poll for it or something. Yeah, we'll do another poll that you'll win. (laughs) Definitely weigh in, because I'm interested to see what people would think if Sweater would be a good leader to the Five, or if you think that she she wouldn't mesh as well as Negaduck. But as you said, it would be a completely different dynamic, because Negaduck just suffers these fools for his own ends, which nine times out of ten, it definitely seems like he needs them anyway. But I guess being teamed up with the four would give Splatter access to things that she wouldn't have access to normally. And it would be interesting, the question of whether she was always the leader in this version, or if she takes over the Fearsome Five and boots Negaduck out. That would be two different concepts, Mm. which would be, I, I think the latter would be funnier, honestly. Yes, same, same, because... So that she would be willful enough to wrangle them all together. But if they're already together and they're like mad at Negaduck for being mean to them all the time, they'd be like, well, we don't need you anyway. And, you know, Splatter's like, hey, why don't you come get in my Volkswagen van? We're going on a road trip. Let us know, guys, what you think. We'll put up polls, send us an email, send us snail mail, send me a fan letter. On to the next one. And this one I know caused considerable offense among my friend group and in general, I think. And it is the Megavolt post. Do you know about this one? I sure do. I don't like it. (laughs) Okay. So Tad Stones posted a piece of artwork of Megavolt on August 13th, 2018. And unfortunately, the original person who tweeted deleted the tweet or they deleted their account. So I can't see what they asked. But I think they asked particularly if Megavolt was a rat or what species he was. And Tad responded, Never called him out as a particular animal. Disney comics have a tradition of all sorts of dognose types. Megavolt is not a rat. (laughs) I know so many people 
who were not who are like, no, I, I, I won't accept it. He he's some form of rodent. He can't not be. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with this a thousand percent because number one, he doesn't look like a dog nose. There's a general style that dog nose characters in the duck first have, and he doesn't really have that. Also, he has whiskers, which I don't think any dog nose I can think of right now has whiskers, unless they're like twisted into a mustache. And he's got like the bucked teeth, like the buck teeth are always like the two little rodent teeth at the front. It upsets me on a very fundamental level. And in some designs, both in the actual show and in occasional art, but not always, they'll use the cord as like a tail on his design, like an electrical Mm. cord. I do know also fans get upset because Megavolt doesn't have ears or a tail. Yeah, the two defining features that would push it either way. He doesn't have ears and he doesn't have a tail. So it'll just be one of those, we'll never know. Give him ears. He needs ears so he can hear our love. Yes, so that he can hear the cries of streetlights. I kind of get the impression Tad was saying, no, he's not confirming absolutely that Megavolt isn't. I think he was just saying we didn't really put much thought into it. We just designed him. He might have potentially had rodent features that they gave to him, but they didn't actually decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't explicitly say he's not one and is definitely the other, but I reject the idea that Megavolt is a dog. Yeah. The dog nose types I find are basically humans and they just swap out the nose and take away the ears. Uh, well, sometimes the Beagle Boys had ears. Some of them have human ears, and I don't like that. Oh, yeah. It's very upsetting. It's not good. It's like giving them human feet. It just should be illegal. It should be, and it is. I'll move on to the next. So these tweets weren't controversial or anything, but I thought I'd share them because they're interesting, and one of them I thought was funny. So this is Negaduck-related stuff. A lot of people have always talked about why Negaduck looks like ketchup and mustard. Why is he yellow, like his costume? And there's been so many different theories about why. You know, maybe it's because he's supposed to be like the color of a poisonous animal or is it venomous? I don't know. Anyways. Is it, can I take a guess? Sure. Isn't it reverse flash? Yes. So September 22nd, 2020, somebody said, does anyone else ever think about Darkwing Duck? how he was basically Batman, but his arch villain was basically a reverse flash. And Tad responded and he said, mostly because little Tad grew up in the classic silver age of comics. When we split Darkwing into a good and evil version, of course he had to have the colors of the reverse flash because that was the ultimate bad guy version of good guy in my brain. The showrunners of the new DuckTales knew DW's Silver Age roots, and in the episode that introduced the new Darkwing Duck, they duplicated the cover of The Flash of Two Worlds in a scene where the two versions of DW race to save Launchpad McQuack. That's in the Duck Knight Returns in the DuckTales reboot. Oh, that's cool. So we can now confirm that he is 100%. It was a reverse Flash thing. Also, it could have just been... As simple as those are the colors they had the most of. Purple is complementary to yellow, right? Like they're the opposites on the color wheel, aren't they? It's green. Purple and green, I think. Yeah, are complementary colors. I thought it was... It would be uh, great if they were contrasting colors. I thought it was green and red were opposites. Oh, that's Christmas. 
I don't know. You're the one with the art degree. What do you have to do for? (laughs) That will be for Quack Up Corner next week. Someone can tell us. (laughs) I just Googled it. (laughs) Okay. Complimentary color is yellow. For purple? Yep. Oh, I was right. You were. Huh. That doesn't happen very often. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So this next tweet is another Negaduck one that I just thought was funny. So... Tad likes to draw this particular version of Negaduck that wasn't from the show. It's like his own personal take on him. And he's, I call it the feral Negaduck edition because he's got a tattered costume and he's got these massive, gnarly, sharp teeth. They're not like little shark teeth. They're just huge, giant teeth. And he's got the swirly eyes and he just looks extra deranged. So one of our very own from the... St. Canard Discord server is the one who actually asked this, said, is the shredded cape something you pitched for the show that you didn't go with? I love it. And Tad Stone said, that's something I started doing in my con art. It plays on the idea that evilness causes physical changes to his teeth and eyes like a Mr. Hyde. His clothes shred because he's active and doesn't care. <laughs> he's active. And doesn't care. That sounds like Calvin Klein, the man who's active and doesn't care. It's Neglect is the name of the fragrance. Neglect by Calvin Klein. The man who's active and doesn't care. Another related tweet. He posts a bunch of pictures of Darkwing and then one with Negaduck with the teeth and the eyes that are all wild. And someone said, these days you always draw Negaduck with wild-eyed monster features. Was he like that on the show as well, or has he evolved over the years? And then Tad said, Other than color, Negaduck is the exact same model as Darkwing Duck. He's just angry. When drawing, I push his look toward ragged and crazed to make up for him not having the performance of Jim Cummings to bring him alive. (laughs) I mean, and that's true, too, because it definitely, Jim's performance, we've mentioned it before, talking about her model foot, but he's able to just spin these characters into completely different directions. And it's pretty incredible. I feel like there are definitely scenes in the nineties Darkwing where he does have probably the, the, the consummate V teeth and the swirly eyes. He definitely has the swirly eyes quite a bit, but he gets the V teeth a couple times when he asks Morgana about slipping back into a life of crime with his consummate V teeth makes him even look less like Darkwing. I don't know. I like it. I dig it. I dig all versions of Negadec. That's true. Can't really argue with that. I have mixed feelings about it because I've always been of the opinion that part of what made Negadec interesting was that he is Darkwing Duck. So when you add these more monstrous, almost supernatural traits, it pushes him more into other monster territory than being Darkwing. He's suddenly less of a Darkwing. And I don't know how I feel about that because I always thought part of what made it creepy is that he is just a Darkwing and suddenly it makes him more, I don't know, something other, something truly evil. And I don't know if he needs that. More sinister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I do like the sharp teeth and I can't help but laugh at the whole idea of him looking like he has rabies (laughs) at all times (laughs) a different thing to see you know christopher walken walk up to you versus christopher walken in sleepy hollow with his filed teeth 
I will say for the record, the 1991 Negaduck is still probably my all-time favorite version of him. But as you said, any version of him is pretty good, except when he's in a sweater vest. That's illegal. Oh, yeah, no, I don't like that at all. That is, that's where I draw the line. But he's never in this, a sweater vest in the show, is he? No, thank God. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like that was a nightmare that I may have repressed, but no, it's it's fine. Whew, everything's fine. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is you had mentioned that he said that, you know, Negaduck is literally just Darkwing but angry all the time. If you look at the character sheets of Darkwing, which are floating around on Google, it's all just black and white outlines. And the angry faces of Darkwing, it's just like, yep, yeah, well, there he is. There's Negaduck. They wrote onto the reference, they circled an angry picture of Drake Mallard and they included that for the Negaduck reference and they said he looks like this except with a mask. I think it said something like that. <laughs> he looks like this but all the time. Yes. All right, I'm going to go with the big stuff and then I'll end with some funny miscellaneous tweets. So this wasn't really a tweet, but this was what I call the big in. The big in one cuz it made the news and it caused such a fuss. So once upon a time, on September 10th, 2016, it was the 25th anniversary of Darkwing Duck. And so the Hollywood Reporter did an interview with Tad Stones where he was talking about the show. Just, you know, basic stuff about the background of the show and the creation. And then the article goes on to say, He goes on to state that though Launchpad first appeared in DuckTales, the Darkwing version was different. For starters... Launchpad always seemed to crash his plane in DuckTales, but was a competent pilot in Darkwing Duck. Because Launchpad appeared in DuckTales and we used RoboDuck as the Superman character, the hero who gets all the glory as opposed to Darkwing, fans try to connect the two realities. They are two different universes in my book. We work in the alternate Duckiverse, says Stones. And this blew up. I remember that. I remember reading this and I remember... People not taking it very well. I have a few comments that I would like to share that were please, posted please do. in response to the, I don't know if it was this article, but basically after this blew up, a whole bunch of news sites started releasing, creative Darkwing Duck says DuckTales and Darkwing Duck were never in the same universe. There was like a whole bunch of articles by comic book resources and slash film and all these other places. And then this YouTuber called The Nerdist did an entire video called Why the Darkwing Duck Creator is Wrong about the DuckTales universe. And it was like, a f <laughs> I'll link to it too. I'll, I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes because it is all very interesting. But here's a few article comments. One person said, lies and slander. Don't believe everything you read. Another person said, it wouldn't be the first time the creator of a show turned out to know less about the show than the fans. That's what I like what? most about Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Another person said, Next you're going to tell me that the business-owning plane-flying Baloo from Tailspin isn't the very same Baloo from the Jungle Book. Someone responded, Nope, it's the Silver Age Baloo from an alternate Bearaverse. And then somebody else responded, A parallel universe? <laughs> and then the last comment was this is why the terrorists hate us well <laughs> okay i'm happy that the internet didn't overreact now i want to inject my opinion here i think people misunderstood what he was trying to say 
I don't think he was saying that DuckTales and Darkwing Duck do not exist in the same universe. What I understood it as was that he was saying the 1987 DuckTales that existed in that cartoon is not in the same universe as the 1991 Darkwing Duck. And that in Darkwing Duck, there was a version of Duckburg and there was, you know, a Scrooge McDuck and all that stuff. It's just not the same one from the 1987 show. And that would make sense because the 1987 show was created before Darkwing. So even if you watch the 1987 show, you don't see St. Canard in the background or connected by the bridge, right? Because it didn't exist yet. Are they near each other? It's not super clear unless you are like me and you've studied the city and screenshots for reasons. <laughs> but I've always understood it and they made it a little more clear in DuckTales 2017 that St. Canard is New York City on an island and then you've got the bridge that connects over to the mainland, and I think that's where the suburbs is, and then you go a little further out or across a bridge, and Duckburg is just a little beyond that. They're neighbors, essentially. Now that I think about it, I think it's Tiff of the Titans when Fenton is headed towards, you know, Darkwing's house. He basically just, like, rolls down the street, and it's like, now leaving Duckburg, now entering St. Canard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I found a tweet that basically confirmed what I just said, too. So the day the original article was posted, September 10th, 2016, somebody commented saying, the creator of Darkwing Duck says it takes place in a different universe than DuckTales. This is all I'll think about today. And then Tad went on to respond and he said, credit my comic book sensibilities. DW takes place in a DuckTales universe, but not the one you saw on TV. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense, especially in the Darkwing context, because there is already so, well, I mean, I want to say so many, but there are definitely at least two alternate universes that we get to see in the show. So that makes sense. Yeah, and then in another tweet, he says, No, I say that the DuckTales characters that appear in Darkwing Duck are Darkwing's universe versions. That's why LP's Dumber looks different but is a great pilot and also why any continuity with DT is ignored. LP still worked for Scrooge, but the DW universe version of Scrooge. So many anvils. It would explain it. Um, Coming from an outside opinion on this too and just thinking about it, as far as Tad himself, probably didn't want to be weighed down with all of DuckTales lore. He just wanted to play around and make his own thing. So it, it checks out, makes out, you know, like, I can't fault him for being like, yeah, no, it's a completely different universe. I'm not playing by DuckTales rules. That never happened. Launchpad was not kidnapped by harpy women and, and kept in a, a nest for a couple days. And here's the last one about this particular subject. This one was recent in March. You can tell this one was actually started by Tad. He sounds a little salty. Hot from the presses. When DC and Marvel movies and TV are chock full of multiverses, why is it that Duck cartoon fans don't understand what an alternate universe is? And then somebody <laughs> responded, As far as Launchpad McQuack goes, was it ever established that the worlds of DuckTales and DW are two different universes? I actually always thought that Launchpad worked for Scrooge McDuck just when he was younger, and DW later on. I prefer that it made the world seem bigger. And then Tad said, None of it was established officially, 
Darkwing operated under Silver Age comic rules, very loose, if any, continuity. We never considered specific DuckTales lore when doing the show. The characters showed up. It was our version. Very different or hardly different at all. So basically, Tad tweeted exactly what that person just asked. <laughs> like, well, how can how come they can't understand that it's not the same universe? And this person's like, well, but is it the same universe? <laughs> I feel like this one got misinterpreted, but I'm going to blame the media because they really did blow this up and they put it all over the place and people made a big stink about it. And that's why it's still a thing. But the lowdown is that do not worry, a Darkwing Duck, DuckTales crossover is possible. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Not even in comics. There was no crossover. It's okay. Do your breathing <laughs> exercises. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to okay. be okay. Now let's move on to <laughs> what, are I, what I just call fun tweets. And these are just tweets I found. One of these I showed you before the show. I just thought they were funny from the server had posted a little craft that they made with bushroot and tad responded i want a line of bushroot garden gnomes and i find that particularly funny when you consider the whole bushroot body count thing <laughs> he, just, he just wants it for extra security outside another funny tweet the official DuckTales Twitter, when they were advertising back in 2018 for the cartoon, they had the convention. They had like a money pit with coins in it made of pillows. And you could take photos mm -hmm. of people jumping into the money pit. And, you know, it was like, yeah, get a picture of yourself in the money bin. And Tad responded. He said, back in the day, I proposed a Darkwing pit where you stood in a glass box, which was then flooded with purple gas so fans could recite their own I am the terror bit. Test runs were problematic, but there was no provable lung damage. <laughs> <laughs> this next one I think is particularly funny because I think it really highlights the whole idea that you can just casually tag a creator on social media and they may answer you for like the most random stuff. So this person was writing their headcanon about which member of the Fearsome Five pays their taxes. <laughs> and they went through <laughs> and they went through with like their well, own... we know it's not liquidator. <laughs> so they went through the, this fan and they were like, you know, Quackerjack canically pays his taxes. Bud Flood evades taxes and embezzles funds. Bushroot can barely fund his experiments. He can't even afford taxes. Megavolt doesn't know what taxes are. And Negaduck is a tax collector. <laughs> then the person said, Negaduck, him being a tax collector is exactly the kind of gag the writers would put on the show. I'm surprised it's not canon already. Tadstones, can you confirm? And then Tadstones actually answered and said, I doubt any of them have jobs to pay taxes on. Bushroot doesn't even need food, just dirt and sun. If there was a world where the tax collector collects payments in person and in cash, then maybe he would disguise himself as one. But why would he have a job? He just takes stuff. It's true. Which is kind of funny because it's now Tad that's thinking a little too hard on the continuity of why it would make sense. It's that retiree life. This next tweet is somebody drew a piece of artwork of Gadget having a showdown with Goslin, and they wrote a caption like, Who wins? And Tad, I don't think, was even tagged in this, but he found it, and he responded. 
And he said that in a Gadget and Goslin fight, Goslin would win for random violence, plus Gadget is much smaller and too nice to let loose on a little girl. Well, I mean, that's a good answer, but I also don't know that they would fight. That's a team-up right there. Yeah, I think they'd team up. Oh, this one is so funny and random. So this was from the Lindsay Ellis Twitter, because she's a pretty big YouTuber. So when she tweeted, she got like hundreds of comments down the line. I guess Tad responded to a few of them. So in response to Lindsay Ellis saying, yeah, Darkwing Duck would murder people. Somebody posted <laughs> somebody posted a, a GIF of Darkwing Duck doing the Let's Get Dangerous from the theme song, like just him saying it. Mm-hmm. And then Tad Stones replied and said, right before he does the Joker's pencil trick. <laughs> I was about to say, he's holding a pencil in that scene. Yes, you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> oh my god. Next person to see Jim Cummings at a comic convention should totally just pay him to say, hey, you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> In a Darkwing voice. So this fan had actually tweeted at another podcast called Duck Talks. And it looks like they were asking them... It was about Darkwing Dabloon. So they were asking what they thought if the people in Darkwing Dabloon, all the characters, were ancestors of their counterparts. And then the Duck Talks people said, maybe, but is it a true story or did DW make it up? Could be a great question for Tad Stones. And then Tad Stones responded and said, You guys think about this stuff way more than we did. You, just what is the genealogy of the Mallard clan? Us. Hey, wouldn't it be cool to have everybody be pirates? (laughs) Although, I mean, just to counter you for a second there, Tad, there was an entire episode about the genealogy of the Mallard clan. There was. And there was also an episode with King Binketh. And no, King, <laughs> with, King, with King Herb and Binketh and brought in a few curious questions about whether the Muddlefoot line is a little muddled with some mixed blood there. I can't imagine that they are because they're so totally intelligent and not stunted at all mentally, with the exception of Honker, who Honker is probably like the milkman's son. But if the milkman... <laughs> was a scientist on the side it was busher oh my god <laughs> we the only real the casualty is the biggest body count of all is herb muddlefoot's heart when he finds out <laughs> okay the last tweet is the one i showed you which is the Lindsay ellis thread again so someone replied and was talking about darkwing and said well they went to hell once when he killed the electricity guy episode scared the piss out of me and then Tad Stones just responds and says, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that a person's reaction just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, with a little clapping emoji and a crying emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if Tad Stones is going to notice you for anything, it may as well have to congratulate himself on traumatizing a child. <laughs> His job here is done. And he's just like tuxedo masks his way out of the conversation. So, no, to, just to go back there. So the, the tweet was that he went to hell in the episode that he killed the electric guy? I think they're misremembering. 
That's probably the episode, Dead Duck, where he was chasing after Megavolt and then he crashed on his motorcycle into a wall and then he died. Megavolt Darkwing didn't killed die. himself. Yeah. He killed himself. I think oh, man. Th- this person probably saw the episode when they were a kid and they just vaguely remember Darkwing killing someone. <laughs> That's okay. I mean... We always hope. We always hope that Darkwing has the body count. I don't. Honestly, I don't. But I feel like he probably does. Especially, uh, But, you know, it's the cartoon physics thing. You can't really be sure. I mean, do you count Liquidator, considering what happened for Liquidator's origin story? Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we're going to have to... If we ever get to those episodes, a.k.a. the decent ones... Dry Hard, I think, is yeah. on our categories, too, isn't it? Like, it's among the spin-the-wheel stuff right now, I think. I don't think so. We'll get to it. We'll get to it down the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. But yeah, I feel like Darkwing probably has a bigger body count than we give him credit for. Because it, it's very much like a it happens off screen kind of show. <sighs> well, it's like, well, they, they can't walk that off. But yeah, also, I feel like Bushroot is probably the one that can die the most and just grows back. So he has the highest body count. It, does it cancel out every time that he dies? Actually, now that you mentioned Bushroot and dying, I don't have the, I don't think it was a tweet and I can't even remember where Tadstone said it, but I swear to you, I remember him saying somewhere that he imagined Bushroot was immortal and he had actually considered him making a cameo in the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. I just, he just lives forever. (laughs) He just, he outlives earth and just goes into space. Still trying to make one friend curse of immortality. Yeah, that is all the tweets that I dug up. I'm sure there's much more, but those were some of the interesting ones. I used to run, and I still technically do, the old haunt Darkwing Duck forum, which is basically dead, but it still exists. And Tad showed up there a couple times, so he's said some stuff over there. He's on Facebook, so he has comments over there, and I've talked to him in person, and other people have too. So there's a few different places you can pick up funny stuff that he said, but this was predominantly Twitter, except for the interview. Yeah, I follow his Twitter. He's usually posting art, and he seems like a a lovely, lovely man. And I did do some fact-checking on myself during this episode. And he did work on DuckTales, he created Gizmoduck, and he created Bubba. He had nothing to do with Doofus. That's good to know. Gave me a bit of a heart attack there. He also, you had mentioned it, I think it was the article that called Gizmoduck Roboduck, Mm because that was who he was originally supposed to be, which is why Gizmoduck has an R on his chest instead of G. They kind of made it look a little bit more like a G as time went on. Yeah, and then they changed it in DuckTales 2017, and it was definitely a G. There it is. Yeah. Yes, lovely. Lovely job. A wonderful collection of tweets of Tad Stone trying to break his own universe, and he has done so successfully. He has broken it off into infinite mirror dimensions where Launchpad is incompetent at every job he has. Do you think he runs the TVA? When I want to know when we get alligator 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 darkling yeah that's what i want to know that's a loki reference for anyone who is is wondering spoilers sorry but you know i'm sorry there's there's an alligator in it but i guess that could just also be negaduck 
He's got the consummate V teeth. Mm. She's angry all the time. So there we go. See? We're tying it all together. All the Disney properties are actually all just different iterations of Darkwing Duck, even if they existed prior to Darkwing Duck being a thing. I cracked it. I cracked the case. You are a genius. We'll just end the podcast right here. We don't have to record any more episodes because you know what? I put it together. I connect the dots. Good night, everybody. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for joining us. But yeah, so that's fun. If there are any tweets that you think that we missed, if you have a fun Tadstone story, if you have met him, or you know, if you had a fever dream of something that he may have said, as long as it's somewhat plausible or not, if it's entertaining, be sure to send it to us because I would love to hear more Tad shenanigans. You can do that at the email address that I never remember. Sleepless.saintcanard at gmail.com. St. Canard as S.T. Canard. Or you can send it over to the Twitter page at CanardPod, where we will also put up a poll about Splatter Phoenix and how you feel she would do as the leader of the Fearsome Five. And Tad, if you are listening, which you're probably not, but if you are, we love and appreciate you. Thank you for all that you've done. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You You made a good show. I'm glad to know that you are not still smacking golf balls into your writer's mouths uh, as you were in the peak of your narcissism in the 90s, I assume. I'm joking. That was Twitching Channels. That was Thaddeus Rockwell, not Thaddeus Stone, <laughs> if that is your, your, your God-given name. But yes, we do appreciate you, Tad. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your generosity with the fans. It's always lovely. It's always lovely when he... Sneak attacks, people. It's great. You know what time it is? Uh, I don't. What time is it? Time to spin that wheel. Find out what episode we're going to do in the future. So we are ready to spin that wheel. Woo! In three, two, one. Spinning, 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 spinning. Just kidding. It's frozen. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. Great. We have a winner. It's Paradox. <laughs> so <sighs> the wheel really yeah, hates here you. Here we go. It does. It does hate me. But you know what? Game on. We knew what we were getting into. I feel like, oh, next time we spin, it's probably going to be getting Nancy. Oh no. <laughs> but anyway, so we will be back next time to talk about. Yeah, Gracelander's dream episode <laughs> of Paradox, where we get to hear Darkwing's beautiful song and my soul die a little bit. I feel like the so, people and- listening to this podcast probably think we hate this show because every time we cover an episode, it ends up being an episode that one of us doesn't like. Twitching channels was okay, but the last episode, Slime Okay, You're Okay, was just me screaming in terror. And now this one's going to be you screaming in terror. And everyone's going to be like, are they actually fans of this show? Do they actually enjoy it? I swear we do. It's just that when we populated the wheel, I think we did choose a lot of episodes that were probably not among our favorites. If we get one of yeah. the episodes that is one of our favorites, you will just, you will never hear the end of it. That's going to be the three-hour deluxe episode of us just screaming in joy instead of pain. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so now I have something to look forward to when we watch Aradux. And we will get some guest speakers on in the future. We're just still organizing that. 
Yes, yes, yes. We will have folks to talk to. Also, if you think that you would be a good guest on this show, please drop us a line at the uh, social media accounts that we mentioned earlier. Also, don't forget that we do have the Facebook page and group Sleepless in St. Canard. Uh, join over there where Ange is running polls. I am running polls on the Twitter and posting very, very little. But also, I posted a GIF of slime today. So that is a win for me. And I think that's about it for us today. You got anything else? You got any more words of wisdom for us? I was going to say, so we actually did get some people who joined the Facebook group. Actually, they joined the Facebook group when we recorded the last episode. I just hadn't seen it yet. So I lied. There were actually people in the Facebook group. So my apologies to the people, the people who joined. And I was just like, nobody is there. You are somebody. You matter to me. So thank you for joining you are, the Facebook group. You are the heroes of this podcast, and we salute you. You can't see it, but I'm doing a salute. As am I. As am I. A tear sliding down my cheek. And on that beautiful image, I will say, crime doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Until next time, dear listeners. Goodbye. Goodbye. And count your bodies. <laughs> <laughs>